Section 18 of The Begum's Fortune by Jules Verne, translated by W. H. G. Kingston. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 18 The Colonel of the Nut the top of the steel ladder was fixed close to the wall of a vast circular chamber, there being no communication with the exterior. It would have been in complete darkness had it not been for a dazzling white light which streamed through the thick glass of a bull's-eye fixed in the centre of the oak floor. For purity and brilliancy it might be compared to the moon, when she is in her full beauty. Perfect silence reigned within these mute and eyeless walls. The two men imagined themselves in the antechamber of a tomb. But before bending over the glass, Max hesitated for a moment. He had attained his object, the secret, to penetrate which he had come to Stahlstadt, was about to be revealed to him. This feeling, however, soon passed off. Together, he and Otto knelt beside the disk and looked down into the chamber beneath. A horrible and unexpected sight met their astonished gaze. The glass disk, being convex on both sides, formed a lens which immensely increased in size all objects seen through it. Here was the secret laboratory of Herr Schultz. The intense glare which shone through the disk, as if from the lantern of a lighthouse, came from a double electric lamp, still burning in its airless bell, being incessantly fed by a powerful voltaic pile. In the middle of the room, motionless as marble and enormously magnified by the refraction of the lens a human form was seated pieces and splinters of shells were strewn on the ground around this spectre there was no doubt about it it was herr schultz himself recognizable by his horrid grinning mouth and his gleaming teeth but a gigantic herr schultz suffocated and frozen by the action of a terrible cold caused by the explosion of one of his frightful engines of warfare the king of steel was seated at his table holding an enormous pen like a lance in his hand as if he were writing had it not been for the stony glare of his dilated eyeballs and his set mouth he would have appeared still living. Here this awful corpse had been for a month, hidden from all eyes, and now discovered like a mammoth which has been concealed for ages in the glaciers of the polar regions. Everything around him was frozen, the reagents in their jars, the water in its receivers, and the mercury in its reservoirs. In spite of the horror of this spectacle, Max's first thought was one of satisfaction that they had been fortunate enough to be able to observe the interior of the laboratory from the outside, for if he and Otto had entered, they must infallibly have been struck dead. 
max soon guessed how the fearful accident had occurred when he marked that the fragments scattered on the ground were small pieces of glass he knew that the inner case of herr schultz's suffocating projectiles contained liquid carbonic acid and that to resist the enormous pressure it was formed of tempered glass which has ten or twelve times the ordinary strength the great fault of this newly invented production however is that by some mysterious action it often suddenly bursts without any apparent reason this was evidently what had happened perhaps the interior pressure had helped to provoke the explosion of the shell deposited in the laboratory at any rate the discharged acid on returning to a gaseous state had occasioned a fearful lowering of the surrounding atmosphere even to a hundred degrees below zero the effects had indeed been something awful death had surprised herr schultz in the attitude he was in at the time of the explosion and in a moment he was turned into ice one circumstance which max particularly noticed was that at the time of his death the king of steel was engaged in writing what was inscribed on the sheet of paper lying beneath that lifeless hand it would be interesting to know the last thought and read the words of such a man the difficulty was to procure the paper the idea of breaking the disk so as to descend into the laboratory could not be entertained for an instant the gas would have immediately rushed out and suffocated every living being the risk of bringing a sudden death upon themselves could not be run merely for the sake of satisfying their curiosity max therefore seeing that the writing as well as everything else was so wonderfully magnified and brilliantly illuminated endeavoured to read it from a distance being well acquainted with the handwriting of herr schultz with a little trouble he at last made out the following lines according to the usual custom of herr schultz it was rather an order than an instruction order to b k r z to advance the projected expedition against frankville by a fortnight as soon as this order is received execute the measures i have devised they must this time be overwhelming and complete do not alter an iota of what i have decided upon i wish that in a fortnight frankville should become a city of the dead without a surviving inhabitant i hope for a modern pompeii to be at once a terror and an astonishment to the whole world if my orders are properly executed this result will be inevitable you will send the bodies of dr saracen and max brookman to me i wish to have them schultz the signature was unfinished the final z and the usual flourish being wanting max and otto gazed mute and motionless at this strange spectacle feeling as if they were witnessing the invocation of some malignant genius 
but it was time to leave the dismal scene and the two friends agitated by conflicting feelings descended from the room above the laboratory there in that dark tomb for when the electric current failed the lamp would be extinguished the corpse of the king of steel would remain alone dried up like a mummy pharaoh whom twenty centuries had not reduced to dust an hour later having unbound sigamer who seemed puzzled to know what to do with his liberty otto and max quitted stahlstadt and took their way back to frankville which they entered the same evening dr saracen was busy in his study when the return of the two young men was announced to him tell them to come in he exclaimed come in quickly well said he as soon as the friends presented themselves before him doctor replied max the news we bring from stahlstadt will put your mind at rest for a long time herr schultz is no more herr schultz is dead dead exclaimed dr saracen the good man remained thoughtful for a few moments without uttering another word my dear fellow he said at last can you understand that this news which ought to make me rejoice since it takes from us the dread of the thing i most execrate war and the most unjust unreasonable war ever heard of can you understand against all reason it makes my heart ache oh why should a man of such powerful intelligence have constituted himself our enemy why did he not use his rare intellectual qualities for the benefit of his fellow-creatures how much wisdom has been lost which would have been so valuable had it been associated with us and used for a common object all this at once struck me when you said herr schultz is dead but now tell me all that you know of this unexpected event herr schultz replied max has met his death in the mysterious laboratory which with such diabolical ingenuity he has striven to render inaccessible to all others no one but himself ever knew of its existence and no one consequently could penetrate into it to bring him help he has fallen a victim to that marvellous concentration of all his plans in his own hands on which he had so erroneously relied by the will of providence his desire of being himself the key to all his projects has turned to his own destruction it could not have been otherwise answered dr saracen herr schultz started with a totally wrong notion for indeed is not the best government the one of which the chief on his death can be most easily replaced and which will continue to work smoothly just because all the machinery is open and visible you will see doctor said max how all that has happened in stahlstadt bears out what you have said we found herr schultz seated before his desk that central point whence came all those orders so implicitly obeyed by the steel city and which no one ever dreamt of disputing death had left him every appearance of life 
so that for a moment I thought the spectre would have spoken to us. But the inventor has fallen by his own invention. He was killed by one of the shells, with which he hoped to destroy our town, just as he was signing his name to the order for our extermination. Listen! And Max read aloud a copy he had taken of the horrible words written by Herr Schultz. Then he added, The greatest proof of the death of Herr Schultz, even if we had not seen him, is that everything around him has ceased to live. There is nothing breathing in Stahlstadt. As in the palace of the Sleeping Beauty, slumber has suspended all life and arrested every movement. The effects of the master's death have extended not only to the servants, but also to the machinery. Yes, returned Dr. Saracen, we see in this the justice of God, from indulging in his hatred against us, and urging on his attack with such boundless rancor, Herr Schultz has perished. That is true, answered Max. But now, doctor, let us leave the past and think only of the present. Although the death of Herr Schultz gives peace to us, it causes the ruin of the wonderful business he created. Blinded by his success and his hatred of France and you, he had supplied large numbers of cannon and weapons to anyone who might be our enemy without getting sufficient guarantees. In spite of this, and although the payment of all his debts would take a long time, I believe that a strong hand could set Stolstadt on its legs again, and turn to a good purpose all that has been hitherto used for an evil one. Herr Schultz has only one likely heir doctor, and that is you— his work must not be allowed to fall to the ground entirely. It is too much the belief of this world that the only profit to be drawn from a rival force is in its total annihilation. This is not really the case, and I hope you will agree with me that, on the contrary, it is our duty to endeavor to save from this immense wreck all that can be used for the benefit of humanity. Now, I am ready to devote myself entirely to this task. Max is right, said Otto, grasping his friend's hand, and here I am, ready also to work under his orders, if my father will give his consent. I certainly approve, my dear lads, replied Dr. Saracen. Yes, Max, there will be no want of capital, and thanks to you, I shall hope to have in the resuscitated Stahlstadt such an arsenal that no one in the world will ever henceforth dream of attacking us, and as we shall then be the strongest, we must at the same time endeavor to be also the most just. We must spread the benefits of peace and justice all around— Ah, oh, Max, what enchanting dreams! And when I feel that, with you to help me, I can at least accomplish a part, I ask myself why, yes, why, have I not two sons? Why are you not the brother of Otto? We three working together, it seems as if nothing could be impossible. End of section 18